Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. I'm Quinny. I'm Jay. Got a bit of an episode here for you. Lots to cover since uh, Jay missed the last episode. So welcome back, Jay. Thanks for that. I don't know if you caught the last episode uh, where we, where I interviewed David from the Ragamuffins. It was a really good episode. Proper top lad to talk to. So obviously, we're just going to dive right into it. You weren't here for the last episode. So what I want to get first of all is your thoughts on the derby because I don't think we've actually spoke since it, to be honest. I don't think I've spoke to anyone since then. Um, pathetic, really. Should have won, never. Just they're celebrating in the streets that they've got a draw at home to Liverpool, who the tables have turned. Um, and it is us again, disappointed because the referee was fucking shocking. Yeah. It's on my head. Um, it's, it's worse with, with the VAR and all that as well, because celebrating that, that Henderson goal and then like two minutes later, it's not a goal. It's just it's ruining footy. So you can't you can't actually. It affected how I enjoyed the Sheffield United game as well because when we scored, I wouldn't jump up until they kicked off because it was fucking pointless because they can just change it when they want. Yeah, I've been like that for a while with VAR. To be honest, I mean, I, I like I, I don't mind VAR in principle. I think where they get it wrong in our country is they check every single little thing, and it you know the governing bodies have already said VAR shouldn't be checking. F- for the potential of something being there, it should be something that get, gets flagged up. Like, there might be something, you know, it shouldn't be looking for the sake of looking. And that's what that's what gets me with it. That's what I don't like about it. But now I'm like, I, I am the same. We'll score and you'll set, and you'll sort of go to celebrate and you go in your head, hang on a minute, wait, 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 not yet. Wait till we kick off, like you say. Like, I used to do it at the match. The first thing I'd do when we scored, I'd jump up and I'd look at the linesman. Yeah. Because... It was too many times where it was offside, but now that the linesman's not putting the flag up and then they're putting the flag up on 30 seconds later, um, it's just it's just a shit show. With VAR, I personally, if there was a choice between keep it and only look at a few bits or completely fuck it off, I'd just fuck it off. I think it's absolutely pointless. It's making more mistakes than, than referees. Referees are absolutely... They're not even needed. They're like self-service checkouts now. They don't need people working anymore because... You can, it's all done by computer, and it's just the computer's not always good. Yeah, my I think the way I, I'd like to see it utilized, and I don't know how many people would agree with me on this, but sort of the way in tennis, like the, the players have a certain amount of challenges that they can use, um, or even like American football, it's the same there, they can challenge some decisions, and I think it should be like that. That if you know the manager thinks that there's a foul in the build-up or if somebody's offside and, and they're not and it, it hasn't been flagged for then VAR should go and look at that I think it should work like that instead be a good option lad I sort of I, I sway towards the rugby stance where it's literally stating the referees yeah right that's you you not very often you see like you, I think you've made a mistake there that's out of play or it's not a touchdown or sorry a try or whatever Um, 
and the referee will liaise with the player and the captain and say, right, this is what I'm hearing, this is what they're telling me, I'm going to I'll relay it to you when I find out. Yeah. I, I don't. Our referees are just stuck up, horrible bastards, and they just won't tell you what's going on. They'll just sit there tell you to shut up. Uh, there's no, I say, footballers have said for years, why can't the referees be interviewed after the match and explain the, the situation, explain why they've made a decision and apologise or say they got it right. But it's happening too much, too often. Um, but yeah. when you've got bad referees in an office with other bad referees and lines and fourth officials controlling lines, you don't don't need a line to see if Mane's onside or offside. Look with your eyes. If yeah. he's onside, if, if you can't see that he's offside with your eyes, then he's onside. Yeah, <laughs> it's I agree. That. That's how it should be. And I if, think... if you you can't pull it up on a replay and say right, he is, he's offside on a replay. He's offside. <laughs> there he is. One draw one line if you have to. He's definitely, definitely offside. Half his body's offside. Fair enough, but they're not. They're trying to do it from, like, the sleeve of your shirt and stuff. What happens if your sleeve's there and my sleeve's there? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's all bollocks. Yeah. No, I think part of the part of the problem is is the level of the referees is so is so different. Like Michael Oliver, yeah, he's seen as, as as the best referee we've got, and he might well be. But then you've got somebody as incompetent as that David Coote, who was the VAR for the derby, who didn't even know he could check for a foul because Van Dijk was offside. Like what? How can he be a professional referee if he's not sure if he can check for something? You know what I mean? It, it's it's just incompetence at the end of the day. And I don't know the rules. I think they're changing it so often as well. Like like to the handball rule. Last season to this season's difference. The offside rule is just forever changing. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, if a, a, a goal scoring part of your body is offside, clearly, then you're offside. Yeah. That's it. If if your armpit or your fingernail or your toe is offside, but it's not clear and you can't physically make a decision, then you've got to give it the benefit of the doubt to the attacker, like they do. Yeah. Well, even like well, the, the, I don't know if you've seen it, the Mason Greenwood one for United last night. Um, yeah. He, he said he was onside and he said he was level with the defender's shoulder. He drew the line through his boot. I can't get my head around. Like, someone sent it to me in the group chat and he went, what do you reckon on this? And I went, he's offside. He's like, he's offside. You can see he's offside. Yeah. Where's the line? And he drew the line. You're just thinking, how's that being given? <laughs> it's It's scary, lad. It's it's just I feel like the the using VAR they're hiding behind the screen these these referees who are making these decisions and they are hiding behind the screen and VAR is getting the blame yeah. more than the individual. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas everyone when the individual makes the mistake, it then goes, "Oh, VAR is not working." They don't mention the referee's name for long, but like that Dave Cooch mate, they should shoot him. He he shouldn't be near any of our games. Again. He shouldn't be he shouldn't be near any game that not just ours. If he's if he's if he doesn't know the rules, then you can't referee your game. Um and I think, like I say, it, it cost us on the day there. I mean, probably a good thing that Pickford isn't out for too long for isn't out at all for Everton in all honesty, but I, I mean know. the fact that he hasn't gone for that tackle. I mean, it's not even a tackle now. It you can't when you get someone scissor knee height, you can't call that a tackle anymore. That you see that on like um when like Bible and stuff like that put compilations of Sunday league tackles on, that's when you see shit like that. Yeah, you see shit like that. It's just fucking dopes who can't play footy and he's one of them. But 
unfortunately, it happens. It's we can't do nothing about it. But if if the FA can then go to Luca Dean's tackle and say, right, we're giving you a one game ban instead of a three, surely they can see that that's a foul and they can look at it and we can appeal the decision or something. Yeah, but we, like... we should, we should, like I don't know how far you go with it because it is some of the stuff I've seen has been embarrassing, and it's, some of it's made me laugh. Like <laughs> seeing a thing yesterday, uh, Elton John's playing "Candle in the Wind" for Virgil Van Dyke's memorial. <laughs> it's some some people have gone to that extent where yeah. you swear he was dead, whereas I'm just of the mindset it's happened. You've got to get on with it. But yeah, I'm that's happened once. Pickford's done it two or three times now. Yeah, he's injured. He players badly. Yeah, Deli Ali, when and then there was one on him. Um, I think Mario Mandzukic when he was for England in the World Cup, and he, he's got history. He's not. Everyone knows he's not a good goalkeeper, and as he's one of them, he's a he's a good shot stopper. He's good at like the camera saves and stuff like that. But he can't do the basic stuff, and it shows with stuff like that on on in the derby. He's not a footballer. Like at the very least, you want your goalie to be able to, to fucking tackle. Mm. You know what? You're a goalie because you've never been an attacker. You've never had a clue what to do with the ball at your feet. At the very least, you've got to be able to win the ball back or stop it going in. It's just... I just can't... I can't help but feel like we're moaning about it too much. But realistically, he shouldn't be playing again this season himself. He should be banned because that's a a horrific tackle for the third or fourth time. There's only so many... Like, what happens when he snaps someone's leg in half? And then they go out on Ellie. He's only done it four or five times. It just—I can't get my head around how a human being in an office has looked at that tackle and went, mm, "He's played the ball there. He's gone for the ball." Yeah. It's not—not even—not even a—not even a, a one-game ban or they've backed the referee because the referee said it wasn't a booking, which yeah, is it's, it's baffling. bizarre. It's baffling, and I think for me, he's like you say, he's not—he's not a good footballer. He's got history, but. Like you say, it's done now. Um, we've just like we've just got to get on with it. Um, <sighs> unfortunately, you know, Virgil will will play again. He will rise again. He will rise again <laughs> <laughs> on Easter Sunday, lad. He'll be yeah, back. That, that's it. Fucking came to absolve us of all our sins. <laughs> no, well, to but, be fair, what people what people are forgetting though is Virgil Van Dijk was part has been part of the problem of the event this year. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been the same. The no, defence hasn't yeah. been great as a unit. I don't know whether it's tactics or it's just individuals or a bit laxy daisy because we're champions. But to be fair, we haven't done too bad without him. So no. I'm not saying obviously can't wait for him to come back. But he should be should just take it on the chin, move on, and see who comes into play every week. I just hope we can find two who play together as as constant now. Uh, yeah, we need consistency, that's what we need. So I mean obviously talking about moving on and, and Carrying on without them playing well. Obviously, the next game after the derby was uh, Ajax in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought we played really well that game. Um, I thought Adrian, he, he, he was his typical self, wasn't he? He made, he made a little, a few errors, sort of thing. But luckily, they haven't cost us. But at the same time, he has made a few good saves and, and actually kept us in the game. So, I think he's had a bit of an up and down game. Yeah, he did. I think again, he he done it early on against Ajax, where he tried to take a player on and hit him. Went 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 wide, and you just think, I don't know how many times you're gonna have to say it. Stop playing football. Stop giving him the ball to his feet. There's no reason to do it. You know what I mean? Um, but 
the difference between that and the Villa game is that it didn't set the tone for our game. The likes of, likes of our defence, Gomez had a great game, stood tall and played, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I thought, as I say, overall, I think the performance against Ajax was was good. It was it was composed. I think we it's a, it's a game we could have easily lost. Um, and I think if they had, if it, I think if that was the team that got to the semi final a couple of years ago when we won it, um, then it would have. I think they would have caused us a lot more problems. It's just lucky they've kind of got rid of the better players. Oh. Um, but we, as I say, we done what we needed to do. We kept kept a clean sheet, which would have been massive for them, um, for Adrian. Yeah. So as you say, yeah, for being your bailed, bailed Adrian out with, with one effort, uh, cleared it off the line. But he's shown so far for being out that he can be a capable replacement for Van Dijk, which is what we need. Um, capable is an um, understatement. Really, he was absolutely phenomenal against Ajax. He was outstanding. He never put a foot wrong. Um, he looks like a like for like replacement, but obviously he's still learning that that role. But no, I think he. I looking at him when he plays in centre back. I think he prefers it because, you know, he hasn't got a he hasn't got to look behind him. You know, he hasn't got to. Does, does not really play as behind him and stuff like that from the opposition. He hasn't got to worry about someone coming from behind him nicking the ball off. I think he's he's got a bit more time playing a centre back. He can pick the ball up. He can have a look what's going on ahead of him, and he can pick a pass. We know he can pick a pass. So I think, I think that's what Ferdinand was saying on the night. Saying like it's when you say how hard is it for a centre mid to to drop from centre mid to centre back, and he said it's not. It's it's, it's a lot harder to go from centre back to centre mid hmm. because. You've got to be fully aware of what's around you. Whereas centre half, you can see the whole pitch. You've got your goalie behind you talking. So, yeah, I think think he adjusted well. Though I think it is a different different position. It's a different role. He he's used to going forward and backwards, isn't he? Where in this, he's just told to stay there, stay where you are, keep your position, play offside, stuff like that. So it's hard. Don't get me wrong, but obviously, especially against got... an Ajax team like that, that are absolutely rapid, the skillful, the tricky. You get in behind. So we thought he had a great game. Yeah, I agree. And obviously, I think it helps that he's got them fucking long, elasticated legs that seem to get the ball from anywhere. Like, we like Momo Sissoko. <laughs> but better. Yeah. Like, um, no, I think, obviously, he had he had a great game against Chelsea when we beat them at their ground. Uh, Timo Werner couldn't get near him. So, he's he's play, it's, not like he's, it's not like he's played against, uh, you know, it's not like he's playing against shit strikers and stuff like that and having good games he's playing against top players and having good games yeah, and, yeah. and it'll only benefit us in the long run because so far at least anyway um, it looks like we're not going to miss Verge too much Touchwood but um, fingers crossed lad so we obviously we followed up the Ajax game with uh, Chef United yeah um, didn't didn't get off to the best start we we, we made history again how proud are, are you of us Jay making history what by being history? the first team to concede the penalty outside the box. Fucking ridiculous, lads. Again, absolute pathetic. Can't still do you know what to be honest with you as well? It was it was the game where everyone was was choosing not to buy it. Yeah. Because the pay-per-view, so we were donating the money. I personally donated the 15 quid to the food bank myself. And um I was listening to it on the bit. I was trying to get it on my fire stick, which went tits up obviously, because it does every single time there's a little <laughs> game on. Um, but listen to it on the radio and he enjoys it and then next minute there's a foul outside the box it's a penalty it might even be a foul and you just sat there thinking what's going on someone tell me what's going on 
and when they summed it up, basically, there's a tackle outside the box, he's won the ball, referees and VAR give a penalty. <laughs> yeah, on that, that, that summed it up. listening to that lad live and it knocks you <laughs> sick and you're just thinking, what is going on? Yeah, well, I I didn't watch it myself. Um, I obviously boycotted pay-per-view as well. Uh, ended up watching mainly the, the UFC fight at the weekend, in all honesty, at Liverpool on a stream on the side as well. Um, seeing that tackle and I didn't think it was it wasn't a foul like you say he won the ball gets the ball um, man goes down after it outside the box and then they go yeah penalty laughing so we're you know we're on the back foot straight away we've, we've been on the, we've been on the, the shitty end of the stick with a good few decisions already this season and I just hope it doesn't come you know come around and bite us in the ass because you know last everyone everyone obviously calls us fucking well rival fans call us Liverpool <laughs> don't know how Liverpool only come about because we were getting decisions that were the right decisions so we'd score a goal and people would go oh it might be offside but then it wasn't offside so it's a goal now we're getting wrong decisions go against us yeah. when that should be abolished because that's what VAR is there to do exactly exactly. So it's, it's massively different we were getting decisions go out, go in our favour because VAR was proving that we were right <laughs> yeah Fucking um, everything's VAR. It does my head in. I hate them. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. No, it's it's not working. And even again, Salah's goal, lad, against Sheffield United, again, made up. We've equalised. Salah slots one in. Absolute world class goal by the sounds of it. What caught the highlights? Spot on, perfect. About a minute later, no goal. There's not even any report on the radio that it could be offside. Nothing. It was no. about a minute later. He went. You know what? He could be offside here. And he was, he was offside. But yeah, do you know what I mean? That's that's why why employ a linesman? Why employ a linesman and a referee when no matter the linesman's kept his flag down, the referee hasn't disallowed the goal from from the instance. What's the point employing them if you're going to overrule them every every single time? Now don't get me wrong, it was offside. Yeah, in football, that's what football's about. It's it's a debate game. You go to pub after the game and you go, do you know what? Fucking on what it was offside. Get in. We yeah. we've won one there. See, I think with gone. the offsides, I think the way it should work is the, it should only be checked if the linesman puts his flag up. If the linesman misses it, don't check it. Yeah. Because that's the way, you know, we wouldn't be back in like I say before, like you said, before VAR, you give the striker the benefit of the doubt. And that should still be in place. We shouldn't take that away. That's the way it's always been. But if the linesman puts his flag up, VAR checks it. Make sure it's the right decision. If it's not, overrule it. It's a goal, and work it like that. But don't check for every goal just in case he's offside. When they check ones that clearly aren't offside, like you know, you beat Salah be in his own half and break through, and they check it for offside. And it's like, but why? I don't. What? What is the thought process behind checking every single minuscule decision? It makes no sense for them to not to for, to not then check something like the the Pickford tackle, like. It, 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 it's a backwards, lad. It doesn't make a blind bit of sense. How far do you take it? Like, say for instance, we score, but two minutes and the game's flowing. But two minutes earlier, we've dragged someone down in their box. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or we've dragged someone down in our box, kept possession for two and a half minutes, gone down there and then scored. Did he pull it back and say, "Right, that was actually a foul before the ball's off the play, no goal"? Well, look, how, I mean, how did it stop? Well, time doesn't it's, apparently it's make fucking, sense, does it? Look at the it United Nations. Who's games. in the office? Mm. It's and too subjective it's still. 
Um, but it, I mean, you know, time doesn't sort of come into it anymore, surely, because look at the United Brighton game the other week when the final whistle goes, and then they go, Oh, hang on a minute, there was a foul before the final whistle. Well, who gives a fuck? The final whistle's gone, that's it, game over. Just finished then, it's footy, yeah. But I um, feel like that's all we talk about now is, is that shit, and it's fucking a bit depressing because we're, we're doing well in the league, we're doing well in Europe, but there's still things overhanging on us that it just feel like someone's out to get us. And it just feels like the incompetence of officials is just it's just showing massively this year. Yeah. It both like against us and for other teams, against other teams. It just it's just shit. It yeah. just can't go on. And I think they need to sort it soon. I agree. Well let I mean let let's try and stay away from VAR and let's let's try and look at the positives. <laughs> let let's try and look at the positives because uh, obviously we did come back well against Sheffield United, you know. They haven't, had, they haven't really had the, the wins this season. Still, they are struggling a bit. I think losing two key players has affected them bad, but it's still. I think it still shows we've got that that sort of the character of champions, the mentality of champions, where we can come back from a, a difficult sort of position, coming back from a gold army against a, a tough team. So, yeah, I'm you know made up we got there in the end. Yeah, Sheffield United played well to be fair, and I think I think even Klopp said like it was. It was a game there. It could have went either way, but we stuck at it. I think they possibly they deserve the draw, but he had asked. Not bothered. We've gone down. Scored two goals. Happy days. Yeah. I love Jota. I love him. Jota's been an absolute revelation so far. I think. Um, I, I don't think much. the fact that he's you know so early in his career, in his Liverpool career, the fact that people are already talking about him, you know, challenge being a legitimate challenger to Bobby and the team, um, shows how well he's done so far. I, I don't I don't see it as a challenger. I, I just see like I think the I think Klopp's eyes is lit up when you see the likes of him and Minamino. Minamino went great to the table, the work that he puts in. But I think him and Jota swapping them for like Bobby and Mane or Salah, whatever, any of the front three, I think it works. Even Shakiri. Yeah. I think when when you take that front three and slip it down and then you put Jota, Minamino and Shakiri there. It's a, it's a different. It's not. It's not bad at all. The only. The only thing I would say was, against Midgetland, I wouldn't have started Iggy. I'd have played Jota up front and yeah. possibly Mane on the left or vice versa. Yeah, I think against uh, Midget. So like moving on to Midgetland, then I think we we made a meal of that game. I think we we didn't play well. I don't think at all. Um, a lot of changes again. There was a lot of a lot changes. Of, a lot of changes. Changed your whole front three. But you need but when, you, when you're playing that front three, you need you need like an outlet and a Rigi just didn't offer anything at any mm. point of the game. Didn't want to be on the ball. He didn't want to fight for the ball. He didn't want to challenge. They outfought us everywhere all over the park to the day. Yeah. Um you played really we were, well. We were lucky to win. And yeah, absolutely. If you're watching it from a neutral, when their striker goes through in the last minute, and Tan thinks it, every single every single neutral fan wanted that to go in because they deserved it. Hundred percent. <laughs> no, like you say, Arigi was was very poor, but I just think I don't know. I don't know if there's something with like not necessarily Jota as much, but certainly Shakiri and Minamino. It's almost like the 
I always feel like they're trying to overperform because they're trying to prove a point to somebody. Maybe it's trying to prove a point to Klopp or something, but I always feel like they're trying to do more than need to. Just, you know, I think the change of shape didn't help either. Obviously, having the three behind Origi didn't help. I think Origi, he's not on the ball at the minute by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't. he's not a lone striker. He needs that support. And him drifting in all the time, if we're going to put him up front on his own, then he needs to be told to stay up front. And I just be a think I think he'd be better on the left and cutting in like we like yeah. we used him. Yeah, he's he better be. better there. He's he's more influential in the game. But again, play him on the left, play Shakiri or Minamino on the right, and play Jota up front. That you don't need the three behind the one. So I think by doing that, we've limited our midfield. Our midfield to play down, and our attacks now four instead of a three. So didn't really work against them. But again, we show character. So you can come out and, and beat teams that are going for us. So, and with the clean sheets. Yeah. Um, obviously, the only the only downside to the, the game was obviously the man we were just bigging up a moment ago uh, for being you know, going off with an injury. Thankfully, it doesn't look too bad. Looks like it's only going to be... Looks like it should be back after the international break, which is what we need at the minute. But, um, you know, the game coming up against West Ham, it's, uh, you know, physical... Uh, strong physical striker like Antonio it's going to be a tough game Gomez has really got to be on the ball yeah definitely if Mata plays again he, again, he's just got to be on the ball um, if it's Reese Williams who we're going to sort of go we're going to talk a bit more about in a minute but if it's Reese Williams again he's just got to he's got to have Gomez next to him being the leader and I think if, if we play like that don't let Antonio have a sniff then we should get the win if this type of game against West Ham and Antonio, it's where, like, it's games like this where sometimes you need a player like Lovren, and we, don't, we didn't say that often, but Lovren would concentrate his whole 90 minutes on just stopping Antonio. No yeah. one else, they probably they could score four, but if Lovren stopped Antonio and that was his job, he'd be made up. That's, that's I think we need to do that against them. We need a player who's just solely on the ball with Antonio and roughing him up a bit. I think that's where you, you miss your Van Dyke, don't you? Yeah. Because that's that's what his role would have been in that game. Leave one on him. Get be a bit more physical. Be a bit more demanding. Show him who's boss, sort of thing. Um, I don't think we've got anyone at the minute who's going to do it. So what happens? We don't know. We'll see. No. It's be a good it, game, though. It will be a good game. It's going to be. It's not going to be an easy game. We know that. Um, I think, like you say it is them type of games where you do miss Van Dyke because players don't want to come up against Van Dyke. They don't want to challenge him. They don't want to go near him, really. And I think West Ham will go into that with some confidence, knowing that he's not playing, but not only that, knowing that Fabinho isn't playing as well. Um, so it's, I think it's a game where we're going to need, hopefully Thiago's back. Um, I think it's a game where we're going to need someone like that to open up yeah. their defence because I think they're gonna they're gonna be very route one. That's that's Moise for you. They're good, but they're gonna be. It works, you know. They, as I said, they've got that player up there who can do that for them now. But you know, they're in good form. West Ham, you can't take it away from them at the minute. You know, through with City last weekend, um, they beat Leicester. They they badly destroyed Leicester. Um, yeah, yeah. I think they beat Wolves recently. I think the only team they've lost to recently is Everton, isn't it? Yeah, in the cup, dog. They played the reserves, didn't they? So yeah, I think I got a game there to be honest. Um, <laughs> I played well though. Um, Did you no, score? I, th- I can't remember what score it was to be honest. So I might have done four <laughs> one, whatever it was. Oh yeah, I scored. I scored West Ham's goal, didn't you? 
Um, yeah. No, it's it's going to be a tough game, but I, it's still the type of game you should you should expect us to win. Still, we should. I, I go into every game expecting us to win, but when you look at what Aston Villa done to us by just attacking us, they they actually, you know, hoofed the ball up to the wings and then did you play some footy as well? They mixed it up a bit. I think David Moyes' team's going to just they're going to kick us. They're going to just hoof the ball into the box. And we're going to have to deal with it, but we're going to have to just show we're a better team. I'd like to see the likes of Thiago playing, who will bring a bit of football to the game. Um, don't know what's going on with Henderson. He went off again, didn't he? Don't know whether it, I think, I think no, he just fine. Like, 45 minutes each, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think it's a game for someone like Ronaldo, who's got legs, who's going to run. So it's going to be done very well when he come on against Midgetland, actually. He done, ve- he he did, done really yeah. well. Um, I think I don't I don't want to see I don't want to see Milner out the team because he's he's busting a gut he's, he's he's aggressive he's working his ass off but he fucking concerns me he gets booked every single game yeah I know is his, his, like his Lucas. first yeah but then he, you need him to not be booked so he can do what he does yeah you need him not to be booked mm-hmm. so we can get booked later so can, in the game when you need it yeah basically <laughs> um so I mean. The big, I suppose, the talking point again then is is obviously with, with no Fabinho. Um, if Matip isn't fit, what would you like to see? Reese Williams get a start, or would you prefer like a Henderson or Wijnaldum to go into the defence? No, Reese Williams. Start Reese Williams all day. Yeah, he's um, he's nineteen. If he's good enough, he's old enough. So he's played two Champions League games. Well, a Champions League game and a bit. Um, two league cup games. Yeah, I think. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think he looked he looked brilliant alongside Van Dijk, and then when we, Van Dijk went off, he didn't look so sure. But that, that, that's everyone. That's yeah. everything we've got on our team. Take Absolutely. Van Dijk away from Gomez or Matip, and they don't look so sure all of a sudden. I think it's now we've discussed Gomez at length, and how I personally don't think he's he became what he should he should be a lot higher quality than he is at the moment but then he shows games he has games where he shows that quality and he just 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 everyone aside he just yeah. to be he fair, just looks like where he was meant to be yeah i think to be I fair think, to gomez since since van dyke has got injured he has he has looked a bit up. more yeah he has he stepped up he, he hasn't put a foot wrong recently so long hopefully that continues but reese williams as you say he's he's young he's he's eager um and obviously Klopp wouldn't be putting him in there if he doesn't think he's good enough. Um, even if he was only playing a kid in the last season, what a fucking turn of down that is. There's, a, there's no reason for him going to Kidderminster. It was only that he was going to get game time. And it's not a, not so much an ability-wise a tough league, but it's physically tough league. So he, he's he learned a bit there. He's going to be playing against strikers who's trying to elbow him. They see his size, they see his age. He'll be, a, he'll be physically roughed up in that league. I think it'll bode well for, for this. Like, well, he might be he might be the perfect centre half to go against Antonio. Yeah. So he'll have been he'll have seen it. He'll have done it. Uh, I just I just say about Gomez. I think got to say to Gomez, right? Massive massive injury pro. He is unfortunately he doesn't play a lot of games. Van Dijk's out for the season. It is the time to show how good you are. You've got to step into Van Dyke's shoes, and you've got to bring on a young lad, and let's see how you go. And I think he might he might strive off it. Yeah, they could be the making of Joe Gomez. In fairness, um, hopefully, lad. 
so would you would you be looking for the centre back in in January, even if it's only on a six month deal? It depends. It just depends on what's available. We've done it before with that corner. Um, he played one game and it was up front. Yeah, it's absolutely it's pointless getting a body when you've got kids who play that position. So personally, I'd rather stick with the kids. Yeah. Van Dijk's not dead. He's coming back. Matip's not dead. He'll be back. Gomez, he plays. So as far as I'm concerned, really, play the play the kids. Unless the, if, unless you're going to go and spend 60, 70 mil on a cooler barley or someone who's a big name. But yeah. I don't think he's what we need. No, I don't think I he's. I prefer to go need. for someone a bit younger. I, I prefer to go for something like a, a younger Joe Matter, like tall, gangly, all right on the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'd rather go for that than, a, than an out and out defender. Yeah, no, I think we do need someone like that in there. I think Gomez is, is good at them runs forward himself. I think, like we say, we know he's got the speed. The speed does get him out of a lot of tricky situations, but I don't think he's, I think he hasn't, he's tried not to, to do that as much since Van Dijk's been out. And obviously that shows that, you know, Van Dijk was the one who, who kind of mopped everything up and Gomez now needs to be that player. I think I've seen a lot of names linked with us for, you know, in January for centre-backs, stuff like that. Obviously, Carragher done his best to try and get Conor Cody to join us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's another one. I'd have him all day. Yeah, I would. But would you, would you leave being the captain of Wolves who are doing, who are doing well with a manager who's, who's brilliant to come and sit on our bench just because you're from here? Yeah, no. It doesn't, it doesn't work. But I like him. I like Conor Cody. Yeah, I, I just I, don't I, think it's worth him risking his career and his, his football. He's getting older. His football's going to die out soon. So, yeah. Um, Finally made it into the England squad, you know. He deserves it, lads. He's, he's, he's doing massive for himself. So, it, like you say, it, it, it'd be if the opportunity did arise, it'd be a very difficult decision for him. Um, maybe yeah, it'd, be, it'd be like a Ricky Lambert moment, possibly, where you know he knows he's, he's, he's in his prime now. Um, maybe we just say his best days might be behind him, whatever. But if you could, if you could sign a three-year contract at Liverpool. And Klopp says, right, you play the League Cup, you play the FA Cup, you play, you come on the Champions League and you play a few league games, then instead of playing 38 games for Wolves, do you all, don't you? But personally, if it was me, I'd just iron the kits. I'd leave Wolves <laughs> to iron the kits and just yeah, see the I players. Mean, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? No, I've seen, obviously, I've seen Cody linked. Um, one name I've seen as well also at Wolves is... Um, and it probably won't happen, but that Willy Bolly. Um, and I've seen him link just because his contract's up at the end of next season. I just like his name. I hope he's signed because of his name. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say something like that. <laughs> um now I've seen I've seen him linked one or two places, not really reputable, so probably won't happen. I've seen that David Alabar linked. Um Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Obviously that Kabach from Schalke has been linked again. He's been um, linked a lot. Never seen him play though, so I'm not gonna no. comment on him. To be honest, I think if there was anyone out there that we were going to get who's going to be both a, a ready-made replacement right now for Van Dijk, but one for the future as well, I'd go for that one. And I'm not, and I'm not even going to, I'm not going to base anything off last night's result for them. But I'm going to, I'd oh, say get that Upamecano from Leipzig, yeah, because yeah. he's twenty. I think he's twenty-one. He's he's got his whole career ahead of him. He's a, he's an established first team player. He has been for a couple of seasons in the Bundesliga, which is not a you know it's not an easy league. Um, 
so I think, and he's got the release clause, you know, similar to like Nabiad. Uh, so I think he'd be the one I'd personally go for. But you know, I wouldn't comment because I haven't seen enough of him. I've only seen bits of him. Um, so I'll pass on that one. Yeah, but for now, so I mean, I, as I say, I, I don't watch a lot of foreign footy. Yeah, um, not interested in anyone but Liverpool, really. So obviously, I'll have a little look of players when when we're linked, but. My dad still doesn't let me live it down when we was linked with Aquilani and I showed him YouTube videos of him two foot on everyone and then <laughs> going down the ground and scoring goals. Fucking shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've, I've, I'm long past the day, the days of YouTube videos for players. Uh, I'm finished with it. I, I made that mistake for Asaidi. Um, Asaidi was, <laughs> was the next Messi on YouTube. And then he. Turned out to be fucking the next Ali Deer or something in, in Liverpool. Certainly in messy. He was messy. Yes, that um, didn't work out. So I'm done with that. But I have seen little. You know, I've seen enough of Upa Makano to know that he's a he's a he's a very good player. And would be I think the way we'll go. Sorry, lads. I think the way we'll go about it more. I think we'll try and do like a Milner deal sort of. We, we, I think we'll go for someone who's maybe at a big club and has sort of done all he can there. Are a, are a stalemate and wants a new challenge and you could be looking at someone like Halliver. Well, he, he fits that mould, doesn't he? He fits that criteria. So maybe, you know, and if Thiago gets in his ear, you never know. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens. You never know. Joe Gomez and, and Rhys Williams could be the, the partnership we never knew we had or needed. So... you just got to give them... You've got to give the kids a chance, lad. There's not... If, if every time a player got injured, you went out and bought, then the kids would never get played. No. So... If, if you're in the squad against Ajax and you're in the squad against Midgetlands and you're playing Champions League football on a Tuesday and Wednesday night, there's a reason for it. Whether you're with Kidderminster or not, there's a reason he's in the squad. Um, he was in the squad before the injuries. He was talked about before the injuries. So you've just got to see how it goes. Yeah, best of luck to the lad. Uh, so, score predictions for West Ham? Oof. Um, I'm, I'm going to say 4-1. I'm going to say 4-1. I think, I think we... Someone's going to get it hiding soon. Someone's going to get... Something's going to go our way where the players are hungry and it works in our favour. So, hopefully it's them. I'm going to say 4-1 every game until it's 4-1, by the way. See, the mistake you're making, I think, there is giving them a goal. I think as, as good as... The, as informed as they are and as good as much form as Antonio was in, um, I just see us playing on the counter, and I think I think you're looking at a three or four nil myself. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, lad. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't like doing it. Um, I don't like giving giving other teams a goal. I very often do two nil or three nil, but I just think think we're going to concede goals this season, with or without Van Dijk. I've just got that feeling about us. We're not as strong defensively. Some it's just the high line, the way we play. Mm. We're, we're a lot more attacker-minded than I think. Uh, even Arnold's going forward a lot more and not getting back. It's it's a bit of a concern. But to be fair, look looked, at that, that game the other day. He looked brilliant. Again, I was just going to say, looked said, going forward, but he was he was getting forward and not getting back mm. when when he was going. He was doing everything perfect, but then the counter attacked on, and he's nowhere to be seen. Sometimes. To be fair to Arnold, I think. 
in recent games against probably since Van Dijk has, has been injured. I think he has been a, a bit. He has been better defensively when he has got back. But I, like you do say, I think he is still he is still more attacking minded, which is which is fine. That works. It works in the system. Same same. That's just the Um. So you've just got to you've got to accept that he's going to be more attacking than defensive. But if he can work on improving the defensive side of his game when he does have to defend, then you've you've got the best fucking right back on the planet for the next ten years. If he, he is already like, but. Not even working on the defence, because when he has to defend, as you've just said, he defends well. It's just he's got to be back. Mm. And he's, he's only young, so he's got, he's got to work on that now. And he's got to... But he might, for all we know, lad, he might be told, don't burn yourself out. If you're going forward, then it's, it might be the centre-mid role to, to come back. You don't know. Because it, it, it does seem a bit strange that the two full-backs just fuck off and we don't see them again for the bit. <laughs> so it, it must, be, must be something that they've been told, because I can't imagine... That happening every single week and Klopp accepting it. No, no, it would surprise me, definitely. But like I say I'm looking forward to the game against West Ham. Um, I think the only other noteworthy thing that's happened since since we've last been on an episode is um, obviously it's been confirmed now that City is the last game that the preparation is going to be at Melwood. Is it? Yeah, uh, I don't yeah, think yeah. That. yeah, yeah, end of an era. So they're moving, sad, they're moving to Kirby. Um, they've sold the naming rights to the training centre. So it's what uh, have they called it? The AXA Training Centre. So AXA have been the training gear sponsor anyway, haven't they? Well, I'm not happy about that because um, from what I what I heard, I'm sure it was on Liverpool TV that it was going to be Ronnie Moran's. It's going to be called the Ronnie Moran Academy. All oh, right, okay, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, so that that's pissed me off a bit. All right, I'll, I'll have to have a look at that. I didn't, I didn't have a look see at anything that, about that it, myself. It was meant to be called, um, I'm sure it was the, the Ronnie, Ronnie Moran Academy. Definitely. Right. When, when the first initial plans were put in, that that's what that's what was on the, the tongue. Well, if, they, if they've gone away from that, then I'm, yeah, I, I agree. Rightfully pissed off with that. Um, I'll, I'll say I'll look into it. I'll, I'll have a look at that because I didn't know that myself. But... As I say, um, yeah, it's rena- they've named it the AXA Training Centre. Um, as I say, AXA have been a, a big partner with us for a few seasons now. So it makes sense that they give the naming rights to them. Um, but from the little bits I've seen of it, it looks absolutely fucking phenomenal. It looks state-of-the-art. Yeah, it looks um, brilliant, doesn't it? But I prefer Melwood, to be honest. Yeah, we're always going to prefer Melwood. Everybody's always going to prefer Melwood. just mad in it to think, like... Imagine how much the value's gone down in the houses in Melbourne now. But at the same time, we you know we mentioned it um, in a in an earlier podcast how great it's going to be for the academy players to be working alongside these world class players day in day out. It's only going to yeah, improve it, the squad, the team as a whole. So I discussed it. I think it's upsetting losing Melwood because it's I put that like all the training facilities and all that down to Shankly and Moran and Paisley. And you think of the, the boots that have walked on them pitches and you think of how, how sad it's going to be that it's no longer there. But then I think it's something that the likes of them, Shankly, and that would have wanted them to go back to the old ways. I think if they could have had their way, they'd have extended Melwood and had everyone there. Yeah. But not to be. So it's going to be a big, massive state-of-the-art facility. It's going to be great for the young players, boss for the, the current first team. It's, it's good for the future, but... It's sad still. It is sad. I think it's it's necessary for the progression of the club going forward. Um, 
as say for for that academy we were bringing through really good players already but as i say you know there's only so many players that get the opportunity to train with the first team at the minute because they have to get invited to, to train with them at melwood now it's probably still going to be the same at kirby but just for them to be able to go over you know the young the, the under 18s or the under 23s might train before the first team and then get the chance to go out and, and watch them train and see what they're like and pick up things from them so it's only gonna the progression i think in in our youth teams is gonna skyrocket once we've moved there and we've been there for a little while yeah even things like when you like you come out the changing room and you, you might see van Dyke pulling up or mo salad or money and thinking now there's them and if you're rubbing shoulders and seeing them on a, on a daily basis, it's only going to do good things, isn't it? Yeah. Because that's what you aspire to be. And when you, you can't see them in real life, then your aspirations don't really mean all that much. So when you're there and you're seeing what they're doing every single day, then I think it means a lot more. Yeah. So it'll be good. Be good, be good for the young kids, but also even the older lads, 18 to 20. Yeah. They were just about to break through. Seeing them every day without the invitation, be boss. Yeah, like I say, sad about Melwood. It's got a lot of history behind it, but I suppose it's time to start creating new history with Kirby and as the as the main, you know, backfold to it. So, um, if we leave Melwood as champions, lad, don't we? That's it. That's what we're delaying for, surely. Um, oh, I'm gonna cry. You know, and Paisley be proud. I think so. Um, so I think we'll wrap it up there today. Um, been good talking to you again. As I say, it's been a while. So, coming up in in the next sort of few days or so, uh, we are getting a chance to bring you another interview uh, with uh, Johnny Owen. So, um, he's basically the man behind the documentary, highlighting uh, Shankly, Matt Busby and Jock Steen. Uh, so, we're, we're super, super excited to do that and we're looking forward to bringing it to you. So, keep, keep your ears and eyes peeled for that one. Uh, but for now, you know where to find us, LFC Groove on Twitter and Liverpool Groove on Facebook and Instagram. We are working on trying to get all the names the same, but it's proven hard. <laughs> so, yeah, you know where to find us. And obviously, um, I know we said it last time, Jay was on, but go and check out Scouts Power 19. The Scout, uh, the Republic of Liverpool t-shirts are still still there and the proceed, 250 of the proceeds are still going to the food banks who need the help now more than ever. Most definitely, yeah. Carry on sharing, carry on buying. And even if, you, as I said last time, if you don't want to buy a shirt, just go to State the Food Bank. The account details are there for you to just donate money to them. Also, don't buy a single game. No. If you're going to buy a game, whether your kids are crying that they want to watch the match, can find a pub in Ormskirk or something. Don't be, don't be, don't be paying fifteen quid a match. Pay, pay for people who need it and kids who need it. Yeah, we'll always be big advocates of boycott pay-per-view on here. It's it's a disgusting decision and nobody should support it. And hopefully they get the message soon. And But hopefully, even if they do get the message soon, let's hope that the support for the food banks continues because the, uh, the pay-per-view shouldn't just be the only reason why you're giving to the food banks. They need it all year round. And again, now more than ever with us in tier three. Well, NJ, spot on, lad. Right, all the best, everyone. Nice one. Merry Christmas. Sports Social Podcast Network.